0: When Bekoff Automation was founded back in 1980, a bet that the PC architecture, which then was still five years away from the introduction of Windows, could challenge the purpose-built programmable logic controller platforms of the day was anything but a sure thing. But fast forward more than 40 years and the leader in PC-based automation technology has has a global footprint of 4,500 employees, annual revenues of more than a billion U.S. dollars. And while Beckhoff is known traditionally as an automation supplier to discrete manufacturing industries, in recent years, it's been steadily building credibility and relevance to the process industry's automation needs. Hello, my name is Keith Larson, Editor-in-Chief of Control Magazine and ControlGlobal.com, and welcome to this Solution Spotlight episode of Control Amplify, the process automation podcast. Joining me today to discuss Beckhoff's growing footprint in the process automation realm is Jesse Hill. Process Industry Manager for Beckoff Automation USA. Welcome, Jesse, and it's a real pleasure to have you join us here today. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Really
1: excited to talk to you, have our listeners get to hear this conversation. And I'm excited about this, not only the opportunity to talk to you, but you know, I'm a I'm a subscriber and a regular listener to Control and Amplified. So I think it's a great platform and mm-hmm. a lot of good information out there. So excited to be here.
0: Long-time subscriber, first-time caller. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, great way to put it. <laughs> All right. Well, I have to comment as a journalist, I've been covering the automation space for some 30 years now, and I've certainly noticed a growing relevance of Beckhoff's portfolio to the needs of the process industry users over the past several years, especially. But I do think a lot of our listeners may think of Beckhoff primarily still as a discrete automation company. Can you go over a little bit of how the company has kind of realigned its focus to get more into the process control space in recent years? Sure, you know, I think it starts with
1: we've been doing business and servicing process customers for many, many years, you know, specifically oil and gas machine builders on the drilling side, you know, automated welding solutions, uh, even some water, wastewater applications in in some different regions throughout the world. So, you know, we've been working in this space for some time, but it really probably started about 10 years ago. We started to make a, a bit of a more concerted effort to get in that space. You know, I think. Beckhoff recognized that we had a lot of products that's, that fit into that space, The customers are already using it. But of course, you know, maybe we needed to have some product enhancements, you know, go and get you know, some specific approvals to, to to make our products relevant in that space. But, you know, overall, we, we kind of had the products. We just had to get some approvals. And, you know, again, about 10 years ago, we started to make concerted effort. Hiring some process talent in Germany, and then starting to further expand our uh, product portfolio to to meet that space and meet those customers in that space. So, you know, an example of that. You know, I think one of the areas where the process automation market kind of struggles uh, definitely is kind of interoperability. Uh, mm-hmm. There's lots of different protocols. So, you know, the fact that the Beckhoff I/O system is so easily integrated with lots of different Protocols and those sorts of things you know, makes it a nice fit for those types of, of industries. So, you know, we, we not only calling on those customers, making the investment in, in, in new products and new technologies, uh, but of course, also just getting those approvals, you know. And, and it, again, it's not just the products that we've had. We, we've really come out with some great new stuff in 2017 what we came out with our elx intrinsically safe io uh, we have uh, CPX, our cpx control panels for class 1 dip 2 or, or zone 2 areas is just a beautiful sexy multi types you know panel pc that, that's absolutely beautiful and you know we continue to to add process technology within tw- our twincat software to make that integration a lot easier as well and and if i could just pl- plug a little bit more of our investment you know we are committed to the process market and one indication of that is we are, are right on the verge of the finish line of opening our process technology center in houston so it's it's right in city center in the energy corridor and we've got you know ten thousand square feet of of space with a 50-person training room and beautiful demo center and so we're excited to open that up and, and welcome our customers and integrators and partners into that so we can collaborate better together and have people you know learn more about the petcoff technology
0: sure that makes a lot of sense i'd imagine it also You've got to have the application engineers that are really familiar with process industry applications as well. I imagine that's been a continued investment over the years as well. Absolutely, and that's a big reason we have such a big space. Uh, the vision is to to
1: really grow the process team here and and add more of that engineering talent, and um, you know expand what we're doing. And it's it, it's really been fruitful for Beckhoff. You know, not only have we been able to add products and add certifications, those things to to respond to our customers, but also you know we and when those customers again traditionally have been a lot of oil and gas, but we're really starting to expand into a lot of different other verticals mm-hmm. within the process world. You know, we're doing a lot in the the water wastewater spot space. That's a strategic vertical for us. But you know, even beyond that, we've done some really cool applications across the process industry from you know hydrogen refueling stations to uh, modular CBD extraction plants. So, we're kind of covering the gamut.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those are two two extremes of, of of the process spectrum, that's for sure. Absolutely. Uh, but speaking of oil and gas and, and hydrogen as well, intrinsically safe and explosion-proof technologies obviously are a cornerstone of, of many of the uh, process industry types of applications. How has Beckhoff addressed these demands with new developments in automation technology? I think I've remember a series of new products over the last years that have really been focused specifically in that area that are new new to the portfolio? Yeah, absolutely. You know, to, I think hazardous area approvals, first of all, is a, is a
1: non sequitur, right? So in order to be in this space, you need to have those approvals. Sure. But, you know, going beyond that, you know, the exposure protection part of that um, having exposure protection integrated into the automation system mm-hmm. is just a huge step forward in, in that process. I mean, you look at the way we traditionally like to protect stuff here uh, in North America. You know, we like the big bulky explosion proof enclosures and those sorts of things. And, you know, th- those are great for a lot of applications I and mean, you can protect just about anything that way, but, but then you run into issues with obviously you know, difficulty in and wiring those, you know, there's lots of rules and regulation you know, go wiring through rigid conduit and how far away from the enclosure you can pour seals. So, so even though you can protect just about anything, it becomes a bit cumbersome and, and mm-hmm. costly. It's also costly you know, to work on those systems when they're inside of an enclosure and you, you, you can't work on that hot. And, of course, you've got other technologies like purge, which, again, you know, it can be great for the right application. You can, you can purge an entire control room to protect it, you know, in a plant. But, but, there, but there's also, you know, kind of issues with that, right? You have to have that constant supply of inert gas. And, you know, in some situations, if, if you lose that air supply, you may have to shut down the process itself and then you lose a whole batch. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I've been in this explosion protection space for, for about 15 years and it's, it's near and dear to my heart. And I, mm-hmm. I feel strong in intrinsic safety and you know, kind of the energy limiting Way of explosion protection just just really is the way to go when you can do it right. I mean, it's 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 not available for everything. You can't protect a motor using intrinsic safety, but you right. know where you can use it, it is you know quite frankly it's the, the safest form of explosion protection. You're the only one you can use in a zone zero area. You can work on it hot. So you know I feel strongly that's that's the best way to do that explosion protection. And then the way that we've incorporated that into the system itself uh, just really takes that a step further, right? You know. Historically, you would have a control system with your I.O., then you'd have a second DIN rail or maybe a whole second enclosure that's got your intrinsically safe barriers. And then if it's a Zener barrier, now you've got to deal with an I.S. ground and all these different things. And when you have a a third party barrier, now you've got twice as many terminations that can be screwed up. So when it's already integrated, it makes your enclosure smaller. You have half as many terminations. And we're also able to take advantage of a lot of the the benefits of our I.O. system and, and EtherCAT. So The diagnostics with EtherCAT, you know, being able to have explosion protection integrated into not only the control system, but the same control system, the same form factor as as the standard stuff. I mean, we can have intrinsically safe I.O. right next to, you know, non-intrinsically safe I.O. next to safety I.O. next to measurement I.O. all in the same rack. It doesn't have to be a separate rack or a separate form factor. So, you know, I really, uh, again, a lot of experience in this space and, and the way that Beck Office addressed this is, is really exciting, and really fun. Mm-hmm.
0: And so are there specific enhancements or changes within the, the TwinCAT platform, the software platform that, that really address process applications?
1: Yeah, so a number. I mean, to give you one example with, with you know, with the FDT uh, system, You know, typically in a lot of cases, you may have to, you know, go, go to a third-party framework system like Pactware that, you know, is another software product on your computer um, that you have to learn. So the way, way we're able to integrate FTT into TwinCAT and make those changes and configure devices directly within TwinCAT rather than having to go to a third-party system, as well as just being able to natively bring in those heart variables and those sorts of things within TwinCAT, it, absolutely, and and we've also you know we continue to advance you know what we're doing within TwinCAT itself, even with you know MTP module type package, which maybe we could talk about that a little bit later. But uh, you know that we're integrating that into TwinCAT so that you know we can make modular type process applications much easier to
0: deploy and things like that. Yeah, that's that's kind of open systems at the at the highest level, but maybe we can talk a little bit more about open systems at the the control and networking layer for a little bit, which Beckhoff has obviously by betting on the PC platform for all these years, they've, they've kind of been in that open system space long before, long before it was sexy or even potentially, potentially viewed as a good idea. So it's certainly been a long, long experience in that open systems space. What is it? Mean in practice for other types of applications, process at the control and networking layer. Well, you know, I think you're you're absolutely right. It's 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 where the industry is headed. It's
1: mm-hmm. it's there's some momentum behind that, and yeah, I've got a little bit of a unique perspective in that. So I kind of come from the IT PC world, you know, 15, 20 years ago, and. When I first made that transition, you know even then it's like if you if you wanted to add a new device, let's just say it's a webcam or something to your computer, you you plug it in and you, you go find a drive and you download it and it worked. And I remember in my in my first entry into this this automation world process automation world, and you know I was working for a company that sold a particular type of transmitter, and you know I learned just to communicate to this thing, to set the parameters, you have to download a piece of software to then download another piece of software to install that software into that device. And then to actually connect to it, you you probably have a media converter of some sort, then some sort of dongle (laughs) that that plugs into your RJ45. So I kind of had this perspective of, wow, you know, this interoperability thing, this automation and this process, this is not the same, right? So I'm firmly behind interoperability and open systems. And, you know, I. I recognize that's where the automation world the process automation world is going and that that mm-hmm. chasm between the it world and the ot world and that's where we live right uh, mm-hmm. as far as interoperability and in open systems is is quite quite wide and vast so you know i i see that I, i'm i'm uniquely interested in it and it's you know it's one of the first things i did when i i came on board here i knew that i i wanted to if we weren't a member of you know, like an organization like OPATH, you know, I know that we wanted to be. And so we decided to, to join OPATH and, and help to drive that and,
0: and support that as well. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I my time dates back to before before OPC, and I actually wrote the first very first article on OPC back when it was launched in the 90s. So I remember those days of <laughs> very um, cumbersome uh, setups between uh, devices and software packages. and come Absolutely. a long way since then, no doubt about it. Um, and, and one other
1: thing, if I could, you know, you sure. mentioned, you know, so we are, you know, PC-based control, right? And that's, you know, so we kind of come from that world. And, you know, a lot of the new technologies mm-hmm. that that we're starting to implement, especially with this whole digital transformation initiative, yeah. they, they're coming out of that space, right? It's connectivity to the cloud. It's, it's IoT and those sorts of things. So, you know, they, they we're inherently kind of in that space already. And a lot of that stuff's baked into our platform. Uh, I think it really makes it an easier transition uh, for us to to go into the more of the open open concepts.
0: Yeah, this, it was kind of interesting because you're seeing more and more concept like containers and dockers and things like that, that may sit on what used to be called a PC, but it's, some of that software is becoming more platform independent all the time. And that's certainly the direction of what you know, OPAF is going in other directions as well, where you can bring in applications from, any kind of different vendors, and, and you're not as worried about all that plumbing behind the scenes uh, as you used to be anyway. A lot of, a lot of, that's oversimplifying things quite a bit, but that's certainly where we're headed. If, if no, no, absolutely. And it's, you know, a, a big key to this is, you know,
1: interoperability, it's it's, it's working together. You know, in, in these OPAP meetings, we talk about a lot about how do we engage with these other organizations that are also. In a, a similar vision, whether it's the OPC Foundation or whatever, because it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, I think I've heard you say this a few times, you know, we're good at standards because we have so many of them. So it's a matter <laughs> of making all those standards work and yeah, talk and, and, and be. plug and play together.
0: <laughs> uh, absolutely. No doubt about it. Well, speaking of standards, um, you know, Beckhoff is really um, pioneered a number, especially the EtherCAT networking technology certainly um, stands out as a, as a standard that, that you pioneered just because there were, were no other options really at the time. But when it comes to, to process applications, are there real practical benefits from using EtherCAT in the process world versus more of the machine automation side of things? Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and you reminded me what one last thing, so that's a good point, you know, that uh, the whole open
1: architecture thing, that's that's really in Beckhoff's DNA, and EtherCAT's the perfect example of that. You know, EtherCAT is a uh, kind of a groundbreaking technology that Beckhoff invented, but we decided, Mr. Beckhoff decided, let's turn that over to an independent organization, the mm-hmm. Internet Technology Group, because this is great technology the world needs to have. So, so, so yeah, that's, that's a great point. Um, and and it's, a, it's a fair question, right? Because I think a lot of people, when they think about EtherCAT, they think it's fast. And in the discrete world, speed is king. Maybe not completely, but it's important. Right. You know, in the process world, it's you know it could be in one second. That's plenty fast, right? So right. that's a little bit lost on on a lot of it. But but there's so much more than the just speed and cat, right? There's flexibility and topology. There's processing on the fly. But I think one of the biggest benefits for the process industries is that. Supreme uh, built-in diagnostic capabilities. Mm-hmm. So there's there's so many diagnostics built into Ethercat. And when you think of a a, a wide process plan, I mean, you could have thousands of points of IO scattered, you know, over pretty big distances. So being able to, you know, run a scan of that network and 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 find diagnostics down to the field level, I think that's really one of the biggest keys mm-hmm. to Ethercat
0: being adopted and, and useful in that industry. Is that kind of the, the, the sweet spot for Ethercat process is in the um, connection of, of remote io types of applications or or does it work well with foundation fieldbus or hart or other other sorts of protocol as well
1: yeah so foundation fieldbus is you know it's a it's a little bit of a different animal it's it was that was a really big deal when i first got into this industry and you know we were chasing big foundation fieldbus projects all over the place and and now it's more of you know if you hear of one it's you know it's it's a uh, retrofit or something. And you know, yeah. I think I think the reason for that is uh, you know what this conversation's kind of framed around right now is it's you know it wasn't really an open system. There wasn't a lot of you know knowledge base around foundation field bus. Um, so hard,
0: it made it to use, use cumbersome. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Hard, hard to integrate with. But you know, EtherCat is, you know, it's Ethernet based. So you know there there are ways that we could we could tie into a Field Bus system via if it's got some type of Ethernet port, you know, via OPC UA or something like that. But you know, as far as I'm sorry, what was a second party question? I, I lost my train of thought.
0: Oh, I, was just, oh, I was just asking whether um connection to remote I.O. distributed IO is kind of the sweet spot for for Ethercat on the process. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean that, that's that's where we're gonna see it just a whole lot of growth for sure. I mean, that that's where we're putting a lot of our focus because we do have such a easily integrated I.O. system. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, I also understand the process world, and there's there's certain requirements, you know, a, from a control system that, you know, we're probably not going to go out and start replacing DCSs with IPCs anytime soon, but, you know, we'll, we'll add products to our portfolio down the road. But, but what we can, you know, really service those customers in that space is, is tying into whatever they're using right now with remote IO systems that are scattered throughout the field. And there's lots of benefits to that, obviously. But, but also I think, you know, from an ethercap perspective in the process space, there's, Right. Big data is a huge word. It's a buzzword. And, you know, every device out there generates some type of data now. So, you know, I think uh, an example where you're, you've got a lot of things generating data, whether it may be, you know, doing condition monitoring on a bunch of motors, whatever it might be, you know, essentially you'd be able to use that data and use the distributed clocks function with an EtherCAT to uh, analyze, you know, if you've got a number of, of motors, different things, you're monitoring, and you know that you've got distributed clocks and you're able to better you know analyze that data uh, whether it's you know, do an energy measurement on that motor uh, we've even done some applications doing you know scientific type applications with mud pulse telemetry and upstream oil and gas and stuff like that so um,
0: you know it's it, it's pretty versatile right and that, and that kind of fits with the well kind of number concept around having that you know still having that control signal but having a parallel connection that, that's for diagnostic data and stuff that's not part of the control process. And that seems like that that's a good fit for, for what you're doing as well. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And in and, and kind of along those same lines, you know, within TwinCAD, because it is versatile, you, we, you know, our TwinSafe SC, uh, our our safety product, we we have a black channel for that safety data. that can basically send that on that, that same cable as the control data as well. So
0: yeah, that that also adds some flexibility. Yeah, that makes sense. You mentioned earlier um, module-type package technology, and it, it is kind of a, a an emerging uh, topic here in the U.S. Maybe that's generous. Maybe it's it's not quite emerging yet, but it's being talked, starting to be talked to, where it's a more major topic in Europe. Why should process engineers stateside be paying more attention to MTP? Can you talk a little bit about what it is and how it en- enables uh, more modular manufacturing? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I think you're right. MTP itself isn't
1: really buzzworthy right now, but the whole idea of module engineering is, you know, at least here in the States. And then that's really where we're going, right? Everyone is talking about modularity and being able to quickly adapt to changes. I mean, just an absolutely great example for, you know, MTP technology is, let's say, you you know, you're a pharmaceutical facility that all of a sudden you have a really big demand for, let's say it's a, a vaccine, for instance that uh, seems relevant very, uh, and you very want very to example yes <laughs> yeah right and so you want to reconfigure that plant to get, you know now produce this you know historically you would have to do a lot of reprogramming recoding uh within the the DCS and you know, bring in different skids and that sort of thing so MTP, the MTP process, which it was is an open standard, it's vendor independent and it's handled and defined by the VDI, VDE, No More 2658 standard is basically to address that. So essentially each, each MTP module, so each whether it may be a, a dosing module, a reactor, mixing, whatever it might be, would, would basically have its own controller rather than you know, the higher level system controlling that. Mm-hmm. And so then you can communicate through that that controller can communicate up to the dcs and essentially the dcs or whatever that higher level control system is, it just does the orchestration right. um, so in that case you 're not having to reprogram everything as you know most of the logic is implemented at the module, not at the dcs and, and it, it really makes it a lot easier and essentially it, it, there's a lot of details in the technology right, but MTP you know within twincat would be it's it's an archive file that contains all the information. To establish communications between the modules and the, the DCS, and that's done through OPC UA. Uh, these files include information on the services the module provides, as well as you know, service relationships to other modules, and it even provides HMI templates. So it makes it very easy to basically say, okay, now we're gonna we're gonna go from making this drug, or we're gonna go from making this food product to the next one. Now we gotta bring in this other module, and it tries to become kind of a plug-and-play type of, of application. So. We're pretty excited about it. it. It is, it is, you know, definitely newer here. It, it's, yeah. you know, it's getting a lot of traction in Europe. There, there are quite a few of the automation vendors that are on board with this as well. But we are one of the, I would say, early adopters to integrate this within within our platform because we see, you know, this is, this is a technology that is definitely headed in the right direction where the industry
0: is headed, and so we're excited to be a part of that. Yeah, it definitely brings that whole interoperability concept up from the controller or the instrument level up to the equipment level or the unit level, uh, which I think is exciting. It makes a lot Absolutely. of sense. So speaking of um, food and beverage, you mentioned life sciences and pharma, certainly hybrid industries like life sciences, food and beverage, CPG, they've got both process and discrete packaging operations. So you're not, that house is not, not, not as much a stranger to the process industries. If you loop those guys in. As, as some people may think. Uh, they, so I think some of our listeners pro- probably are using Beckhoff technologies in those downstream areas as well. How does that domain expertise help to really inform the applicability of the Beckhoff products further on the upstream side um, coming at it from the, from the packaging, the, 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 the stuff that's moving around side of the business? Sure. Yeah. That's, that's a message I've been telling our, our sales
1: team since I got here is hey, you guys already have customers in, in the packaging side, just go upstream and let's yeah. talk to these folks. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, we, we have very loyal customers and, you know, I, I see that, you know, if we do have a customer that's using us, you know, in that space, they understand the value of off And, you know, when you have that domain expertise, I mean, TwinCAT is, of course it's, Based on open standards, IEC 61131 stuff like that, but still, you know, you've you've got some some learning curve with any type of software package. So when you've got that in-house knowledge and and you know within TwinCAT, I think it makes it a, a easy easy migration just to kind of go upstream, especially when you talk about some of the the technologies that we have to offer specifically for that process world and that we can easily integrate the technologies that those guys and and the processing facility that you know they're. Their systems are turning valves and measuring temperatures. You know, it's it's similar than the, the guys down downstream that are looking at proximity sensors and twisting caps and things like that. So, it, it's relatively similar. We have the technology for really both sides of the house. So it's just a matter of uh, you know, kind of migrating over there and, and and making the upstream part of the the enterprise or organization aware that we have these technologies
0: and solutions. Yeah, great. Well, I have to wish you best of luck in your ongoing efforts, jesse, in in, in, the, in making new new friends and customers in the process space, and obviously good luck with your your new center down there in Houston. It sounds like that's a very exciting thing that should really help uh, help connect with with more potential customers down there. so best of luck and thank you for joining us and sharing your insights today. Yeah, thanks, Keith. This was a pleasure, and uh, I hope all of our listeners enjoy it as well. really yeah. appreciate it. Yes, and thanks, uh, you, for tuning in, all of our listeners. Thanks also to Beckhoff Automation for sponsoring this episode. I'm Keith Larson, and you've been listening to a Control Amplified podcast. Thanks for joining us. And if you've enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe at the iTunes Store and at Google Podcasts. Plus, you can find the full archive of past episodes at controlglobal.com. So Keith Larson again, Control Magazine, signing off until next time. And you've been listening to Jesse Hill with uh, Beckhoff's process industry initiatives here. Take care and thanks for joining us again, Jesse.